Hi, this is Mike. This is Russ. And this is Matt, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral Podcast, the official podcast of the Lacuna Core community. We're at episode 79. And that's uh, Unchained, that is, I think. Am I right? I'm I'm mm-hmm. along. Yeah. So welcome to the podcast. How are you guys? How are you, Mike? Um, I'm good, thanks. I've been rearranging the house um yesterday. I I got a saw and took took something apart, which took five hours and um, my back and the rest of me is feeling the effects of that today. So, oh, well, you, other than you really mean rearranging the house? I mean, when I think of rearranging house, I like you know move the table over there and move the chair. <laughs> there. But you were actually like cutting out rooms and juggling. Um, no, it was just my old sofa. I just spent the whole day um, chopping that up with a saw, and that's now gone. So the house is looking quite threadbare you, in places. You're not been paying your electricity bills again or something, and then you have to. Well, uh, I've been investing in breakfast cereal ready for the um, for your impending visit on the tour. <laughs> Happy days. Oh, that's brilliant. For those of you that don't know, we found... How old was that box? Um, three like, years. Two years, at least. We, we found two it, years uh, past its date. Was it Rice Krispies? It was, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was... Um, Quaker Oats. Quaker Oats. Quaker Oats. Yeah. And Quaker Oats lasts a while. So in your threadbare cupboard, we found a three-year-old box of Quaker Oats. Oh, Oats is Oats. Didn't even eat it. Sowing, like sowing your oats. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it's okay. So you've been rearranging your house, cutting things out mm-hmm. and burning it and doing stuff like that. What about you, <laughs> What have you been up to? Hey, what did I do this weekend? I watched the Metallica movie Through the Never, if either of you have had a chance to see that yet, which is the Carlos Fandango, IMAX 3D, etc., etc. And I sat there mesmerised. And by the end of it, I couldn't work out if it was either the greatest musical visual experience I've ever seen or a complete pile of bollocks. Now, it could have been dreamed up by Lars Ulrich in, you know, a, a crack haze in the late 80s or maybe it might have been Hetfield on a, a drink-infused binge, but it's awesome, but it makes absolutely no fucking sense in terms of the storyline. I won't spoil it for anyone. It's just really weird. Is it new? Yeah. Is it one of these new things, is it? I haven't... Yeah, it, come out, it came out of the cinema probably about... Six nine months ago, it's just come out on Blu-ray and DVD. It, so, uh, it sounds very self-indulgent to me. It is, yeah. Basically, if you're a Metallica fan, then you'll you'll enjoy it. If you're not, then you probably won't be converted. But the visuals and stuff is epic. It's like if you've ever seen Metallica Lie with the Master of Puppets as Justice Toy, you get all sort of the the crucifixes come up and the the graves and the Justice Lady, all that sort of stuff blowing up in explosions. But it's all in, as I said. 3D, but interwoven with the most bizarre apocalyptic storyline that you'll ever see. So there you go. It's a bit like The Walking Dead meets Independence Day, soundtrack by Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does sound, <laughs> sound a bit weird. Right, it it, is. It, from what you've described it as, it sounds it sounds very self-indulgent. It reminds me, do you remember a YouTube or a kind of a, a DVD film they played at the cinema years ago? Remember that? Was, Were you guys ever into U2 after? Like no, 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 it. It, was, it was kind of before Discotech. It was like covering their um, US tour. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Oh, is it the Rattle and Hum thing? Yeah, Rattle and that was it. Rattle and Hum. Do you remember that when they they kind of? Yeah, yeah. It's like a documentary tour thing. Yeah, it? it was a bit pretentious, but it was quite good if you're into U2, which I was at the time. So, well, this sounds even more self-indulgent <laughs> the sound quality is awesome if you watch it in like a 5.1 surround system it's the best sound in metallica record you'll ever hear oh, really? oh, i'll say that yeah 
That sounds cool. Well, I might kind cool. of, I might look out for that actually. Just yeah, I think I might buy it just because it sounds a bit drug infused. Did you buy it or, um, or did you go and see I it? I did. It's, it's on offer at the moment. You can pick it up for seven quid at most good retailers. Oh, there we go. I cool. might look out for that. So, okay, you've been watching Metallica. You've been cutting down your house. Um, <laughs> and what I, I worked actually. We had a massive. Uh, I work in IT, and we had this big IT thing we had to do over the weekend at work. And I, I worked 14 hours yesterday uh, without without getting paid, which was a bit annoying. Um, and that's kind of taken up my weekend. What did I do on Saturday? Nothing really. And now's Monday, and that's it really for me. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to mention the weather because I've realised that I, I saw something on BuzzFeed recently, which is I don't know if you guys see BuzzFeed.com, but it seems to be a website addicted to explaining what the English people and Brits are like to the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, apparently all we do is talk about the weather, which is actually really true as well, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's weird when you read stereotypes about your your country and your nationality, and they're actually all true. Uh, <laughs> our obsession with tea. Actually, at work today, this is no lie, and you might think this is hugely English of me, and it probably is, but we ran out of tea. So I, Shocking. So I contacted the support line and raised an urgent call to get tea in. <laughs> now, I wouldn't do it for anything else, but we'd run out of tea, and now people getting really actually quite irate about it and quite upset. So there you go. How very English. Anyway, so um, that was what we've been up to. Then in the news this week, so over the last couple of days... Uh, Lacuna Coil have announced three new shows in the US. On the 15th of October, they're playing Chattanooga uh, at Track 29. There's a song about that, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Pardon me, but don't no, forget it. Uh, on the 17th <laughs> of October, they're playing in Jacksonville at uh, Freebird Live. There's a song about that as well, I'm pretty sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. And on the 19th of October, they're playing in um, House of Blues Orlando, which is also in Florida. And I, this is a bit of a strange date, really, because they kind of seem to be floating. I'm kind of under the illusion, I might be hugely wrong here, that they're going to release more dates at some stage because they don't seem to be taught anywhere, really. They're a few days after the last couple of days in, in the US and then before they go anywhere else. It makes me wonder if they're... I don't know what um, kind of there are going to be other dates filling the gaps or or what really. Maybe I'm wrong here, but because you've got them. The last date I have, according to Empty Spiral, is on the 12th of October in New York at the um, Gramercy Theatre. And then we've got the 15th, which seems like a big, I suppose they could be driving and doing other things, but seems like a bit of a gap. Sounds like they could add another week somewhere. Well, yeah, or well, they could certainly add another couple of dates in there, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how far it is from um, from New York to Chattanooga. Well, not good on US um, history, US geography. So I'll have a look and, and see if there's anybody there, anywhere that you might be stopping off in the way. Not from, as you know, our own experience. They don't necessarily take a straight line from A to B, do they? Who knows where they're going? No. <laughs> Chattanooga via Mexico or something. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, via Alaska <laughs> and down through Toronto. But I tell you, the, the, our colleagues in the US and of course in uh, in Canada have got a lot of shows coming up. So yeah, 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 should be should be pretty cool. Um, obviously they've they're at home now. They played Sardinia the weekend to what? What did you say it was earlier, Mike? About seven thousand? I think. Uh, yeah, I've read somewhere seven thousand. Saw a few pictures. It was like it was a very, very popular show mm. with their Marissa Phonic. 
as we said last time, they've not played Southern here before, so looks like they've got a pretty good reaction, everybody, and um, some of the stuff that the members of the band have said on their various social networks imply that they really had a great time and loved the crowd, which is always good to hear. So I guess now they've got a, a week of, uh, a break for a week, I should say, until they're playing Aftershock Festival uh, next weekend, or just after next weekend on the 14th. So there we go, and then they're, once they're, once they're there, they're staying there for a long time. Looks like at least yep. a month, by, the reckon, by my reckoning. Very busy. Yes, yep. indeed. And then after the end of, oh, well, after the 19th, assuming there are no other dates, they're then next up they're playing Bristol. In, Bristol. In the UK <laughs> uh, on the 31st on Halloween. So uh, we've bought our tickets. We've got our accommodation. Uh, I'm putting petrol in the car and we are ready for our road trip, right, guys? Yep, part three. Yeah, part, part the third, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always ready. We're always, yeah, of course we are. Of course Pat Lunch and Thermoflask at the ready, yeah. yeah. Thermoflask, cups of tea, a soundtrack to die for. I'm sure we'll yeah. pull that together. Uh, we'll bring the uh, the cameras and the and the recording equipment, the uh, audio recording equipment, and we'll get some interviews and we'll talk and we'll do stuff. So, and eat haggis. No, I, I draw the line there, mate. <laughs> no, no, it's not about haggis, Mike. When he says stuff, it's all about clown masks and Halloween. Yeah, we're bringing our clown masks. And uh, I don't and, know, about, Mike, Mike, I have no idea where you buy haggis in Bristol. Uh, uh, well, yes, <laughs> it could be like buying Iranian pizza in Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> buying a Cornish pasty and, I don't know, mortar. Anywhere that's not Cornwall. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're doing uh, all five shows, guys, correct? Yeah. Do you know, for a while, thinking about it, for a while I thought there were four shows. And I realized, yeah, I was just going to say, it's four, isn't it? No, and it's five. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing. It was You can blame me for that because when I found out about the dates before they were released and this was about the time I was um, doing the, the two festivals back in August, I, I thought there were four shows, and I remember you can mm. hear recording me going, "Oh yeah, there's four shows," and they're all going, oh, "Okay, there's four shows," and they must be going, "Who the fuck is this idiot?" There's definitely five shows, <laughs> and I'm like, "No, no, I see you four times," and then I kind of got home and went, "Oh no, uh, there's actually five shows." It does throw you though. I think the curveball that they're ending in Birmingham, which is quite unusual for a tour no, to end. No one wants to end in Birmingham. Well, it's the home of Black Sabbath, so. It has that advantage to it. That's all it's got. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a home of Black Sabbath. That's all. Yeah. Well, what what more do you need? (laughs) Anyway, they kind of these kind of um, oh well. One final thing on news. Then I was going to say before we move on. A final thing on news. Just a reminder to everybody listening to the podcast that um, two things really. First is that we still have our promotion with Kate's clothing on their online store. So if you listen to the podcast, if you're a member of Empty Spiral or if you're in the uh, community on Facebook, uh, you can take advantage of a 10% discount on the website. So if you're looking for a new outfit to uh, wear when you're seeing Lacuna Coil in the uh, next couple of months, let's face it, depending on where you are, you've got lots of opportunities to do so. Uh, you can claim that 10% discount on the store. It doesn't cost you anything. In fact, it saves you the money. And the code is Lacuna10KC. That's Lacuna 10KC. I'll put that in the show notes and you can claim your 10% um, courtesy of Empty Spiral. And thank you very much, Kate's Clothing, for uh, giving us that offer. Uh, one final thing I wanted to say, if you listened to last week's podcast, that was episode 28. What the hell? Where am I? That was episode 78, The Maze. Uh, you'll know that we did our death match and we have a poll up on Empty Spiral 
uh, and you can vote for Swamped or Zombies at the moment. I've checked today, and they are tied. Really? Yeah, so we need to see um, what people are thinking about the two. So check it out. Cool. Right, well, that kind of brings us to the end of our news and general chit-chat this week. Um, We are talking about, since we've been talking about the tour, support acts. Is that right, Russ? It's kind of like... It is, yeah. I mean, we're having a bit of banter in the week, and we thought, well, this tour we've had Motionless and White and Devilment sort of announced as the... um, the support and co-headliner and it's i would think it's fairly safe to say that this is very much a a gothic type of tour almost going back to old school lacuna coil bills for the type of bands and the consistency if you think you know the round 2000s you had demi bourgier you had you know all that type of band moon spell lacuna coil and it's sort of similar to that vein okay the music and the trends have changed over time as you'd expect but motionless in what you know currently the the hip band, if you like, for that kind of scene. And you've got Devilment, which is sort of headed up by Danny Filth, a cradle of filth. So there's a real gothic vibe around this particular UK tour, which isn't necessarily a bad thing when you consider that the shows are generally coinciding around Halloween. What do you think? Mm. No, no, I, I, yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I mean, I'm not, I'm not personally into a lot of that kind of music, although I respect it, and it's always aspects of it that I can, I can generally find something to like about it, So, which is cool. It's cool. So I, I guess it's a case of kind of look, thinking back over the tours over the years and kind of uh, maybe deciding what we thought were the, the good things and the, 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 without necessarily going into full reviews of each of the the, uh, the bands involved, but mm-hmm. really understanding and deciding on what we thought the best ones were, really. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So, Mike, do you want to kind of kick us off then? Well, give us some of the highlights in terms of the support packages or maybe even the bands that Lacuna Call have supported over the years that you think have been worthwhile and or interested or different or whatever. Three highlights for me have written down. Um, the first show I ever saw, which was your first show, I believe, in London, 27th of December 2003. Um, Moonspell were the main support to um, Lacuna Call. And I, I really like Moonspell. So to see them, I, I saw them a few years ago and you don't see them very often in the UK. So the, that's my opening uh, gambit with that one. Um, then moving on to 2007, it wasn't necessarily like the main support, but the um, Lacuna Call only played Bloodstock in the UK that year. So I went over to Milan to see them and they were supported um, by Resophonic. Um, for Rock TV. It was a sixth birthday party, so I went to that. Um, and then finally, 2011, on that tour, I went to the opening day to that tour again in Italy. Uh, Milan was the opening show, and Kane, the Italian band, were the support. Um, so they, they were, they were the, um, a really good um, band to see, great experience. And I would say they're my three highlights for, for um, support over the years. Yeah, that's fair enough. And which was your favourite? Um, tough, tough choice. Um, as I say, I like Moonspell, but Resophonic were amazing when I saw them. They've got great energy, and it was such an eclectic mix of different artists on the night. But I think Kane Nug um has has been like up there with the with the um, better better support. They're really good. Fair enough. 
Okay, uh, Russ, what about you? What are your thoughts on this, then, in terms of updates? I thought I think there's been a couple of mem- memorable ones in recent years. Uh, the first one that sort of comes to mind is the 2010 tour on the Shallow Life era, which we're sort of reviewing at the moment, which is when Lacuna Coil headlined, and they were supported by what was to us a, a new band called Domin, who were just sort of releasing their album on Roadrunner. And it was interesting to see a band sort of come in out of nowhere and basically win over an audience. And it was the fact that, you know, we went to, well I think most of if not all of the shows which was probably about six to to eight or so and it was a case of the first time you heard them you didn't really get it and then the more the shows went on the more you enjoyed it the more you got into the music and it was very much sort of a similar to a, a typo negative vibe yeah and the interesting thing on that tour was that they also had Dirty Little Rabbits which was the band of Sean from Clown from Slipknot. Slipknot and I remember the first the first time that we all sort of saw them um, and it might have been in Bristol we sort of sat there sort of with our mouths open gaping and we were sort of like what the fuck is this because it was just bizarre <laughs> it, was very it was sort of yeah, like yeah. piano going off it's like a, a circus troop act or something <laughs> about sounding like you know not kind but the thing was the first time we, we saw it we all thought we don't get it, really probably not going to get it. Okay, we'll, we'll leave this one. And as the tour went on, we found ourselves, you know, getting immersed in it, enjoying the songs. And by the end of it, I'd actually bought the EP. So it just goes to show. But the most memorable support for me is probably the, the recent tour, which was sort of the Paradise Lost, Lacuna Coil, Catatonia tour. Um, the fact that, you know, I got to see two of my favourite bands night after night, in Lacuna Coil, who played an awesome set, you know, preempted by Catatonia playing Viva Emptiness in full. And for me, those two bands, especially with the sets that they're playing, I don't think it gets much better than that for me as a Lacuna Coil fan and a fan of both bands seeing that night after night. So that's that's probably the, the highlight for me over the years. I, I actually agree with you. Now, I, I'll admit something here. I'm... I, don't, I get a bit kind of tunnel vision when it comes to Lacuna Coil shows. Uh, I don't know, this is all a bit kind of crazy and fan-like, but uh, I guess that's what I am. When it comes to seeing Lacuna Coil, I tend to focus wholly on them. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, kind of, it doesn't matter. It, it yeah. doesn't matter, but almost when it comes to their support, I'm like, I'll just get out with it. Stop, just, just play your set and fuck off. No, get out, get out, get out away. away. I want to see Lacuna Coil. Um, <laughs> and, so, you know, it really takes a lot for a band to kind of wow me because when they, when they're supporting the Kuna Call, it really does because I just want it to be over so that I can see them come and see the Kuna Call come on. Um, and that means that when I look back over the years, think back over all the different times I've seen them and all of the all of the support acts I've had, I find it really hard to remember the good ones, as it were, because for me they just seem to have got in the way. And it's really hard to look at them in a positive <laughs> light. I tend to agree with you, though, um, Russ, with the, the the selection you've come up with. I think, Domin, you're right. I did get to the point where I was like, I'm actually quite enjoying these guys, and I come and see these guys um, totally separately to look at the coil. And they're also they were a really nice group of guys as well. You'd see them on a daily because we were, you know, we did a lot of the shows, and you'd see them, and you'd have a chat with them, and they're really nice and just kind of fitted in the music wasn't the same but it was i remember buying the album at the time they hadn't released a second album i got their first album and i've still got that on my playlist somewhere uh and i just 
I remember quite enjoying them. I, I think you're right about Dirty Little Rabbits. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> you know, bearing in mind, when you find out that it's one of the guys from Slipknot, you read, whether you know you should or you shouldn't, you immediately have a preconception about what the music is going to be because it's, you know, in your head, you think, oh, it's in Slipknot, therefore it's not going to be that dissimilar to Slipknot, maybe? You just kind of assume, and then they came on and you're just head scratching <laughs> and we weren't the only ones who were like huh <laughs> um really different but again uh, a lot a lot of fun a lot of fun uh i can tell you what i least favorite so back when karma code was released um, they were supported by death stars do you remember that oh yeah, yeah there we go i think that pretty much answers that <laughs> now i'm so that was go, sorry go on you say go on that was um, at the release show, wasn't it? Yeah. The Karma Code release show they did at the forum yeah. that they were um, killing everything with that dirt that they, they bring out that seems to be popular amongst uh, the young hip people of, kids. of the time. <laughs> yes. We're all sounding really old now. Well, I could think of nothing worse. I could, I would rather, I don't know, do something not very pleasant than listen to them. <laughs> I, it was, I mean, no disrespect, actually, no disrespect to anybody that this likes Death Stars, disrespect to Death Stars, but I, I, it was just awful. I just stood there. Mm. I, my, whereas my mouth was open, uh, kind of in disbelief with Dirty Little Rabbits, because I just didn't get it until I'd seen them a few times. With Death Stars, it was a different kind of disbelief that the somehow had won the entitlement to be on stage and play what they defined as music and act like they were. I'm like, this is entertainment. I must have missed the plot somewhere on the line. Someone must have really find it for me. So I certainly didn't miss them when they went off stage. And they got a very loud cheer from from my fellow Looking Cool fans. But I don't think it was the kind of cheer that they were expecting, or at least, you know, what you typically get at the end of a... Oh, this is our last song. You know, you can always tell it's like, this is our last song, and everybody goes, yay! And it's not that kind of cheer with their stars. Um, and I think Russ has cheated, by the way. I'm not sure that we can actually count both Catatonia and Paradoxos as supporting Lacuna Coil, mm. because it was a kind of a three-way, well, it was Lacuna Coil and Catatonia supporting Paradise Lost, wasn't it? But, do you know what? I don't care. I'm going to take it, and I'm with you, Russ. Um, I'm... Good, wasn't it? Oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> it was brilliant. I'm a huge, um, a huge Catatonia fan. Uh, I really, I'm not, I wouldn't describe myself as a huge Paradise Lost fan, but I've got most of their albums, and I really, I do like them. So I, I must count for something, I guess. But to see Viva Emptiness, which is, is it still my favourite Catatonia album. It's the best one. Come on, it's got evidence uh, on it. You could have evidence played eleven times in a row, uh, and that'd still be good enough. Yeah, you're kind of right there. I think it is. <laughs> I think if Eve Remptonis is my favourite Catatonia album, and to see that played, it wasn't back-to-back, they mixed it up a bit. To see that live, plus another couple of other songs, was pretty immense, actually. And, and it, I'd have paid to see that, you know, just to see Catatonia come on and do that. But then, when they went off, knowing that then Lacuna Coil coming on, just took, the, took it to another level. But then I was almost exhausted, and I didn't watch every single set, or Paradise Lost, purely because I was like, I'm done. I've seen... Catatonia and Lacuna <laughs> Coil, what more is it? Can't really top it. No, and, and it was interesting because I think the last show we saw, which was the Camden one, yeah? Yeah. And um, I think that was the last show on that tour, wasn't it? When they played Camden. Yeah, Roundhouse. Yeah, the Roundhouse, yeah. And I, I remember overhearing a couple of people talking about it. 
and they were they'd enjoyed all three bands and they'd said that Lacuna Core were quite different from the other two because if you think about it Catatonia are you know quite dark and gothic and slow and not dissimilar in many respects to Paradise Lost certainly the set they played and then Lacuna Core came on with a kind of a rockier kind of style didn't they and it was quite upbeat mm. and there was some, still some dark songs on there but you know they were they were a mixed mixture as well and of course Christina stands out because female singer in a metal band. I must ask her a question about that, what that's like. Uh, you know, she was doing that and obviously the dual vocals as well with Andrea and it was very different from from Catatonia and from Paradise Lost. So they did stand out. And I think they do that a lot, actually. Uh, just thinking back recently to seeing them play, at, especially at Bloodstock, given the kind of bands that typically play at Bloodstock, they did stand out. And I, I got the impression they got quite a lot of respect from um, the crowd who were... You know, maybe by then looking forward to something a bit different and on come Lacuna Coil and mix it up from all the, the doom, death and black that they've been hearing for the last couple of days. So that was good. But yeah, so there you go. I'm kind of with Russ on this. Um, I, mm-hmm. I like Domine, Dirty Little Rabbits because they were just kind of dirty and little and rabbit-like and just weird. <laughs> and then Catatonia Paradise Lost. What about the... Um, the the two we've got coming up in the UK, or the, I should say the European leg of the tour then. So we've got Motionless in White and we've got um, Devilman. Looking forward to them? Um, it'll be an interesting um, experience. I think I don't know anything about either band, which I need to check out, um, certainly before the tour starts and get into the groove, as it were, before before we get hit the road. and So it isn't a complete shock. When, when we're on tour, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see both of them and see what they're like. Fair enough. What do you think, Russ? Do you think they're going to work? I mean, you mentioned at the beginning that they both kind of got dark and gothic. and uh... Yeah, I mean, Devilman, I can't really comment on because I literally haven't heard anything at all. I have a preconception that it's going to sound very much like Cradle just because, you know, Danny's front in the band, but I could be totally wrong. It could be, you know, some some symphonic pop songs, for all I know, it's so I'll have to it, check it, check it, it out. It but, trust me, I've listened to but, it. But, I think Motionless in White is a, is a good one to put on the bill because it's the sort of the, the vibe band at the moment. Lacuna Coil, we've talked about the transitions over time and there is a, a much younger section of the audience now that have got into the band through Shallow Life, Dark Adrenaline and recently with Broken Crown Halo. So I think having a, a current band like that is going to be good and entertaining for the younger elements of the audience. Might not necessarily be, you know, us three guys' thing, but, you know, I think as a, as a package for a fan that's got to go out and spend money these days, I think it's a good draw to bring people in to also go and see Laguna Coil. Yeah, okay. I, I do agree with you, actually. I think that um, Devilman, I, I was never really a big Cradle of Phil fan, and at the recent um, Alcatraz Festival, I kind of enjoyed not hearing it at all. Uh, I actually listened to a song of theirs, which is on YouTube at the moment, called Mother Carly. I quite like the music. Not sure about the lyrics. Uh, any song that's got this, got the, the line start this party darkly repeated over and over again uh, is, isn't necessarily a winner for me. But I can see how that kind of uh, dark, um, industrial, gothic, kind of Marilyn Manson-y type sound fits in with kind of lot of the style, the theme that Lacuna Core are about, especially with Broken Crown Halo. So I can see how that would... Um, how that would encourage the same kind of fans, which is good. 
I also listened to a few Motionless in White tracks as well, which I kind of liked, actually. I thought that Reincarnate was quite a good song. Uh, there was also a song that I listened to called Devil's Night, which is, uh, I described it as a mix of Marilyn Manson's Slipknot and My Chemical Romance. A bit strange, but there you go. Uh, it seemed to work. You like the crow. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> indeed. Um, he definitely took in that particular song, which I think it was um, from Puppets, which is another one of their songs. I think that's quite an older one, I think. But again, I'm no motionless in white um, aficionado. But he did. He was putting on his Marilyn Manson look there. I noticed, at least in the video, at least. I assume that's the lead singer. So how many? I I'm not going to dismiss them out of hand. I think it'll be interesting to see how the three fit together on stage. I think they will draw crowds of people that might not have heard one or two of the three, but might explore them once they've heard them, which I think isn't that the whole point about support bands to kind of, to, to getting it right is quite hard, I would have thought, because when you're pulling together a support act, you don't want bands that are going to just automatically be listened to by the, the, the fan base, do you, if you think about it? Identicate. Mm, yeah. yeah, you don't want that because it doesn't supplement, it doesn't, open them up to new or an or new target audience so therefore the tour package isn't as attractive i mean it doesn't necessarily entertain everybody in the crowd unless they're all clones of each other but of course at the same time you don't want people that are out so crazy and out there you know um you know we don't need to see a justin bieber or a one direction um <laughs> because they and maybe a bit of baby metal though just for you yeah well for me of course i'm seeing them the following week mate that's fine <laughs> think I might <laughs> good man you love it really give me chocolate yeah. I say give me chocolate uh, but <laughs> but you know you kind of got that you need to find that overlap so that you can go oh well, I went and saw that band because I wanted to see that band but then the, the support band was interesting and kind of ticked the right kind of boxes so that I was interested enough to go and buy the album or get into them as well so Interesting discussion. I, I I think I'm going to quite enjoy seeing these three bands together. Uh, and I think this discussion has kind of made me realise I need to sort of take a step back and maybe watch them as a package, if you see what I mean. I mean, we, yeah. we talk a, long, a lot about when you listen to an album, you listen to all the songs on the album. Maybe in this instance, we need to be reviewing the tour as all three bands together and see how they work. I don't know might be interesting to to do that on one of our reviews of the tour well, there we go any final words then on uh on support acts okay i'm gonna throw it out there who would you like to see look support lacuna coil anybody who would it be go on catatonia again good answer russ i'll pay you the money Simple. later yeah. <laughs> mike <laughs> and you don't say elvis <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm stumped at the moment. Um, who can I think of? I don't know. Who can you think of? Well, I can't say Elvis now. You've taken that. Well, no, you can't. If you want to say Elvis, mate, you say Elvis. You don't know. <clears throat> no, um, who can I think of? Um, Death Stars. No, my mind's blank. I would say Ramstein, but that would be a bit too. Uh, might be the other way around. Wrong, wrong way around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I really don't know. Um, I, I'm at a loss to think at the moment. Fair enough. I Sorry. I kind of would like to see another tour with Catatonia. I think they they complement each other very well. Um, there's lots of bands around that kind of 
genre that I could easily see um, Lacuna Coil touring with. It might be a bit heavy in places, but I could see them touring with maybe Insomnium. Um, I don't know when we swallow the suns too much, but you know, there's a kind of a few of the darker bands, maybe slightly heavier bands that they could tour with. And then the, the, the obvious ones, I don't think would work for them anymore because they've moved away. The kind of bands like well, the Intemptations in a different place, obviously, that's you know, that's just a totally different conversation, really. But I think there are still a few female fronted acts that could fit in, you know, the kind of sort of a Delane type sound, those kind of things. In this moment, kind of vibe, yeah. Band. I think, I think there's still, maybe Epica. I think there's still stuff in there. I think Epica and a, 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 a dual package of both of them work very mm. well. We've seen it in the past. But I just think that there's opportunities here. The thing about Liquid Accord is they're quite diverse, aren't they? So you could fit them in in quite a few places. But I think that's we've seen that evidenced by the, the different types of festivals they're at. But there we go. So, uh, interesting discussion, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks for suggesting it for us. Yeah, cool, Ross. see how it, um, it works out in the upcoming tour. Hands out, yeah. yeah. Bring on the tour. Bring on the tour, indeed. Mm-hmm. See you in the car with the M people. Well, that brings us on to our review this week. Uh, we are reviewing the song Unchained, taken from the album Shallow Life. And if my memory serves me correctly, it is Mr. Taylor's turn to go first. It is Mr. Taylor, and I'm sure you both know Mr. Taylor's been dreading reviewing this song since the day we started the podcast. So uh, <laughs> for those just, that just don't rip know, it off like a plaster and just get it out. Rip of the it way. off like a plaster. No, no, no. I'm going to be brutally honest and blunt, but truthful in my my own strange way that I am. But uh, basically. Lacuna Coil is my favourite band. I love the music, I love the melodies, I love the vocals, I love the lyrics. A great group of guys, and literally I wouldn't have travelled across the world to see them, and I love and support everything that they do. Unchained, however, for me, is the only song in the whole of the Lacuna Coil discography that I simply cannot get on with. Um, And that's from when I first heard it when Shadow Life came out right up to the present day. Um, And it's all sorts of reasons, really. Um, I find the lyrics quite repetitive and very linear, almost sort of cliched and a, a bit clunky in places. But it, it's just that opening line and that melody of Unchained that Christina sings. And I, I appreciate it and I respect it because it is so different and it's, and it's an experiment. But for me, it just doesn't work. There's something about it that's, that's off and it, it, I just find it uncomfortable. And it's sort of underpinned by that distorted guitar. But I think whilst the music taking away that melody and the vocals, which I'm not a fan of on this song, I think the music isn't particularly that bad. I like the bass that rumbles on. But I think in terms of all the songs on Shallow Life as a whole, Unchained is the one that also suffers from the most compression. And we talk a lot about the mix and we talked about Karma Code. And Karma Code is a great album. It has great songs, but in some places it struggles with the muddiness of the mix. I think Shallow Life, Unchained in particular, is not as strong a song. There's not a muddiness to the mix. It's just really compressed and it takes any sort of life out of the song. Um, I think the interesting parts to pick up is obviously you've got that vocal interplay still between Andreas singing the verses and Christina singing that 
that unchained chorus. So there is still a traditional element of the lacuna core back and forth male-female vocal elements there. But this song just feels really sort of pedestrian-like. And the only redeeming feature, which is really sad, is it's got that absolutely amazing killer mouse solo right at the end of the song. I was going to ask you about that. It's probably one of the most technically proficient pieces he's ever played on a Lacuna Coil song. And it's awesome. If I had to rate the solo, it would be 10 out of 10. But sadly for me, the solo is lost. It's an amazing solo that's lost in what I would argue is Lacuna Coil's worst song. So that's my review of Unchained, unfortunately. Fair enough. Okay. What about you, Mike? What do you think of Unchained? I agree with Ross. What, um, your, on, your least favourite song as well? It, uh, it, it doesn't rate very highly with me at all. The the one thing that I'm re- that's staring out at me from the lyrics that I've got in front of me, which is its downfall, is nothing lasts forever. And I think with this song, the way that, like Russ has just mentioned, with its pedestrian-like feel to it, it does, as short as the song is, with not that much going on in it, um, lyrically, it does seem to drag and drag and drag to me. And whilst it, it has got a lot going on in the song, that is its downfall. It is There is too many things going on here, there and everywhere with it. And to look at the lyrics in front of me now, it almost looks as though it's something that's not half finished, but like the, they've had a train of thought, but run run out of steam somewhere along the line. And I would agree with Russ. It's it's not my like my worst song ever, um, like um, as a fan, but it it doesn't doesn't mix with me very well at all. One day I'll ask you what your worst, your least favourite song. Yeah, I'm just thinking that now, but that's a good point that you just raised. I mean, I've still listened to it now, and it sounds almost like a, a demo. Yeah, yeah, it's half. It's like half finished, almost ish. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you guys, which I, you know, which is probably a healthy thing. Um, uh-huh. I don't think it's the best song by by a long way. Don't get me wrong. Um, I I'll take you through the numbers anyway. So that opening, the thing that's probably going to kill or kill or cure anybody listening to it is that initial <laughs> opening of Unchained. Uh, the, and it's not just Unchained, it's Unchained. And we get that a few times. And I actually don't have a problem with it, although I think the the opening part is a bit overproduced. It sounds a bit cleaner in the chorus when, when Christina sings it, and I'm okay with that. It's better there. But in the, the beginning, it has got that compressed kind of fake sound against it, um, which... It's not for everyone and certainly not for me, but I don't have a problem with it. However, I do think that's divisive. I think the way that she sings that, the way that, you know, we've not heard Christina do that with before and it forms a core part of this song. I think that's divisive. I really mm. do. That's a love or hate thing. Okay. Uh, although weirdly, and maybe that's not, maybe I just, no, I should take that back because I don't love it either, but I don't hate it. It's just, it's just there. I, I put up with it. I'm more inclined to dislike it than like it, but it's not as bad as maybe you guys think. I do like the music, though. I think the music in this, when you strip those apart, and I know you you talked about the guitars, Russ, but I think it's not that bad. I quite like the music in this. I think the lyrics are the weakest part. No, actually, the chorus is the weakest part because the first verse, I don't think is that bad. And I like the way Andrea sings it, actually. I think he handles it really, really well. Um, I like the way it kind of leads in. I like my favorite line is I, I see myself. In, I, I cannot see myself inside this dream. I know. And then Neil point you raised earlier is nothing lasts forever. 
as he ends out the first verse and you get the chorus. Um, I do like, and I know this is cheesy, I know you're saying that you're not big fans of the lyrics, but there is something I think to like about I'm like a bullet set free now. I'm not quite sure where that metaphor comes from, but I guess the only way I can really put it in poetic terms is that I've been fired out of a gun. Because for me, no shit. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, I don't know where you really relate it to unchange. You don't really chain a bullet or unchain a bullet. Maybe I don't know. But the very notion that you know, I've now been fired out of a gun, and I kind of like that because you know sometimes you you really do want to take yourself and fire yourself at someone and give them a good smackdown, verbally or otherwise. And that kind of that appeals to me. The idea that I'm now unchained. I'm fired. I'm fired out. We find out a gun at you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, I, I quite like that, and that's that's to me something I, I see in this song. Um, the chorus, yeah, it is a bit cliche though, isn't it? I think it is. Mm. I don't think we can get away with that. Um, and then it, it just that lets the song down. I'm glad you talked about the guitar solo because that is a highlight for me, a substantial one. I think it's great. Uh, have we heard this live? No. No. Do you not think this would be song would be better live? Mm, maybe acoustically to throw that in the mix. I, th- I think they yeah, I'd like to see an acoustic mashup. That's the only part of it. I could That's the redeeming I feature, enjoy. I think. Yeah. I, could, I think they could do this live. I think they could do it well, you know. Mm, no, I, I don't. Oh, gosh, you really don't. Like it's, it. <laughs> it just lacks energy <laughs> for me. Panache. And that's a very, very rare thing for a Lacuna Coil yeah. song. I, I pr- Even in a reverie, it's like slower, it's easy, dramatic. Easy, don't you step on easy. But, no, but <laughs> this, this song, it's just... The band, it just sounds... They just sound bored, and they never sound bored. <laughs> I just sound bored. I, I, I actually prefer this song to The Maze, though. Really? Yeah, 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 I do. Seriously. I prefer this song to The Maze. But then, Sanna, I've seen people poll on Facebook in the Coiler community, and a lot of people actually voted for this song over some others. So it goes to show, you know, my opinion is not necessarily universal. Oh, no, no. So I there think, are people that do really like this song. I think we, mm-hmm. well, if we didn't say it in episode one, or actually probably about six, that's when we started doing reviews, I think we need to reiterate it now. Our views are no more important than anybody else's, and they're certainly not law by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> they're just our views, and they're honest ones at that. Um, so, yeah, if you'd like Unchained, then you go for it. I don't dislike it. I think it's a very average song, is my point. Uh, I, but I clearly don't have a problem with it that you guys have. So, anyway, to bring this a kind of to a close, then, and it's with a sense of anxiety that I ask this question. <laughs> Go on in, Russ. What's the big number that you're going to give it? it? Well, the big number is the solo. The solo is a 10 out of 10, but sadly a solo does not make the song. So being brutally honest, this is a 2 out of 10 song for me. 2 out of 10. Okay, fair enough. Is it elevated to 2 because of the solo, or, or do we add them to get, divide it by 2 and make it 6? No, no, no. It's, 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 it's a review of the song. We're reviewing the songs, not the solos. So it pains me to say it, but you know, I'm stuck with a two, and I've got to be honest. No, no, it's fine. You, you be honest, mate. Okay, two out of ten. It is fair enough then, Mike. My um, my chains have been slightly more unshackled with this compared to two, but I think solo aside, um, I would give it three and a half stroke four at best. 
Okay. God, I hate it's got hate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't hate the player, hate the game. Um, me, I'm going to give this a five out of ten. I, it's very average. I don't dislike it. I think it's better than the maze. And I there's bits in it I like. Uh, but I, I can understand why you don't like it, guys. So, mm-hmm. um, by my reckon, if we go with three, two, and five, it adds up to ten. But uh, it's... it's, it's <laughs> now, now. Now, now. Okay, well, it sounds to me like we... And I'm going to use another tedious ver- uh, verbal cliche here. It sounds like we need to be unchained from Unchained. Right, well, on that note, I think we're at an end this week on the Empty Spiral podcast. I think we've had a good chat. Uh, I think it's it's been quite... What's the word? Emotional. Emotional. Eclectic. Yeah, it's been emotional. It's been eclectic. And I think it's it's been something that the Russ has been leading up to for some time. And now you've got it. You've, you've ripped it off. Russ doesn't feel so bad now, does it? Uh, doesn't feel so bad. I can relax you now can, and can... look forward to the joys of, you know, dark adrenaline that's to come. Yep. So you're now on the upward, upward slope again, mate. You've, you've, reached, yeah, yeah. you've reached the dark depths. Of, of the solid ground and then you're moving up out again towards uh dark adrenaline and of course broken crown halo to follow so there we go that was our review of unchained and if you want to get in contact with us you could do so via the empty spiral website which is www.emptyspiral.net where we're on the forums so you can send us a message uh from the podcast page or you can put a um a comment in the show notes and we'll respond to you there uh, you, you can use uh, your Facebook login to do that, or you can just leave a comment using the, uh, your name and um, or just your name. In fact, you do that comment there. Uh, you can also get in contact with us via Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash empty spiral.net. And you can leave a message on the Facebook page or send us a message or whatever it is you want to do. Uh, we're on Twitter, which is empty spiralnet. We're on Tumblr, which is uh, empty spiralnet.tumblr.com. And we're on Google Plus as well. Just do a search for us. We've got a great community there. And I've seen a few conversations, which is good. So, we, you know, we're doing the whole social network thing. We're not on LinkedIn yet, and that ain't going to happen anytime soon. So don't hold your breath. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> haven't got an official Instagram yet either. Do we need one? Do we need an official? Nah, I've got the official Lacuna Coil one, haven't we? Yeah, they can. Yeah, we don't need that. We don't need Instagram. Oh dear, I'm running out of things, apps on my phone. We haven't got an official Ask FM one yet either. So, but I'm avoiding that like the plague. So, anyway, um, I so say that brings us to a close. Uh, don't forget you can listen to us on the Stitcher Radio Network and on iTunes. Send us a review good or bad we don't mind we just want to hear from you and finally don't forget that if you want to join us on the podcast this is a community podcast it's not about us three it's about everybody that listens to it you are as important as we are actually no you're more important than we are because we're not that important so we want to hear from you if you're a fan of lacuna Core and you've got an opinion if you don't agree with what we said you didn't like our review or you want to talk to us about the shows you're at your experience of meeting the band or anything else lacuna Core related just let us know and we'll bring you on. It's not that scary and it's uh, it's always good. Everybody enjoys themselves when they come on. And uh, you could, you know, be our guest of the week. And, uh, well, who wouldn't want to do that? Anyway, that's it for this week. Uh, look after yourself, everybody. Uh, if you're in the US, don't forget that you'll be seeing the Kunical very soon. Make sure you get tickets. 
Uh, they, they're playing across the US and, of course, into Canada as well. And you've got a little bit longer to buy tickets for, for the European shows, but don't forget to do that as well. The Kunikor needs your support, and we want to hear from you and basically see how you go on at the shows. So that's it. I think I've run out of things to say. Guys, thank you very much again for joining me this week. Pleasure. And, Pleasure. and uh, I'll speak to you very soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, guys.